Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. We're excited about Friday. We hope that you'll join us at Lake Crook, and we're going to have Easter egg hunts for uh, the kids, and we're going to cook out and just hang out and have a great time together. And so Friday evening, 6 p.m., and then Wednesday, uh, we encourage you to get signed up and registered for uh, the last part of Next Steps. We've put the majority of it online, and so you can watch the video about our vision and how we're structured and all of those things. There's some assessments that uh, that help you kind of identify uh, what's inside of you, the gifts that God has placed inside of you already and kind of how you're wired. And, uh, and then we can't wait to see you this Wednesday uh, at Hole in the Wall as we're going we're gonna to eat together. You're going to be able to ask any questions. And uh, if, you're, if you haven't gotten involved and you want to get involved, you want to get on a team, you want to find out how you can serve and be a part of what God is doing here, then uh, that's the place to do that. And so we can't wait to see you on Wednesday night. And today... We are wrapping up a series that we've been in called Spiritual Muscle. Somebody say Spiritual Muscle. Spiritual Muscle. And the idea behind this series is that we all have some spiritual muscles that we need to exercise and work out uh, so that we're able to keep our faith, stand strong in our faith when it's good and when it's difficult. And uh, we've talked about in this series, we've talked about endurance, we've talked about confidence, and we've talked about discipline last week and so I would encourage you to check all of those messages out if you haven't already on the podcast or on the church center app and we're going to begin again today with our theme verses for the last time in this series it's in Hebrews chapter 11 starting in verse 32 he says how much more do I need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon Barak Samson Jephthah David Samuel and all the prophets by faith these people overthrew kingdoms ruled with justice and received what God had promised them They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, not because of what happened to them, not because of anything else. It was because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. And so we have discovered in Hebrews chapter 11, that whether circumstances were good or circumstances were bad, success looked like keeping their faith. They earned a good reputation because of their faith. And so today I want to talk to you uh, about the topic of authority and perspective as we end this, this series today. Authority and perspective, and I've titled this message, The Power of the Pivot. The Power of the Pivot. Now, I've got this basketball. Some of you were wondering why this thing was up here and if I was going to try to pass it to you <laughs> from the platform today. But uh, one thing that I found interesting, we have four kids and our older three have been playing basketball. Uh, we, we have one that's been playing basketball for a few years now and then two other ones that began playing this last season. 
and I was able to coach our oldest boys down here on the front row, and I was able to coach him, uh, his team this year, and we were on three different teams. Come on, Nick kept us running, running, running. But here's, here's what I noticed about that when you play a sport, especially basketball, there are some fundamentals that you need to learn. And I would submit to you today that there are some fundamentals that you probably need to learn, some very practical things that you need to learn in your spiritual life so that you can, so that you can succeed and you can win. And as we're talking about in this series, so that you can keep your faith, stand strong in your faith when it's good and when it's difficult. So here, here is what, what I found interesting. As I was watching our oldest daughter, uh, her coach, was really big on this, and you could tell when they got in the games, she, she taught them how to pivot. Come on, is anybody a basketball player in the room today? Anybody like basketball? Some of you, some of you are gonna be like, I don't know what you're even talking about, but there was, there was this thing I'm gonna show you. It, it's called the pivot, and so whenever, whenever you're dribbling or you're bringing the ball up the court or you catch a pass or, or whatever circumstance you find yourself in, when you find yourself in, in a difficult situation, you have the power of what's called the pivot. And as long as you keep one foot planted and it never leaves the ground, you can pivot. And so if I have somebody on this side of me, I can pivot away from them. I can pivot this direction. I can pivot all the way around. And I'm going to try to do this without falling off the stage today. I can pivot all the way around when I feel trapped. I have what's called the power of the pivot. And these girls, it was impressive to me. They would get in the game and they would remember. And if they didn't remember, their coach would yell it. (laughs) You got two defenders on you. You are trapped in a situation. You need to pivot. You need to pivot. And so I want to talk to you for just a few moments on the power of the pivot, this power that you have and this thing called pivot in your life. And so why is it important that we learn the power of the pivot? Well, here's point number one. Pivoting is a posture of authority. Let me tell you what I mean. Let me explain this to you. Pivoting is a posture of authority. See, whenever whenever you're taught to pivot, and my daughter would, would, we were out playing basketball yesterday evening, and she was putting some of this into practice. Come on, somebody. And uh, whenever, whenever you're taught to pivot, when you pick up the ball or you have the ball, it's almost like this athletic, your knees are bent, and your elbows are out. You know what I'm talking about? Like this, this position of if you, can I, hey, Rylan, will you come help me? Come here. He's, he's nervous. Come on, give it up for Rylan. I got to coach his team this year. We're going we're gonna to demonstrate this. All right, I want you to try to, try to just guard me like you're going to guard me, okay? And when I'm going to pivot, <laughs> that's not how you would guard, son. <laughs> He's nervous. It's all right. All right, so if I'm going to pivot, if I feel trapped and I'm in a situation right here and I'm going to keep my left foot planted and I'm going to pivot, if he tries to get in here and get this ball, he's about to get an elbow to the face, somebody. I mean, like, it's a posture of authority. In other words, when I have this ball, if you want to get this ball from me, I'm an authority. I have the ball. If you touch me, it's a foul on you. If you get in my way, it's a foul on you. If you get an elbow to the face, sorry about you, it's on you because I have the posture of authority in this situation, right? Pivoting is, you can go sit down. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) 
pivoting, listen, pivoting in your life, it's a posture of authority. It's a posture of, if you want to get to me, and you want to try to bring that back into my life, and you want to try to do something to me, then you might catch a, come on, some of us need to tell the devil sometimes, you're going to catch an elbow in the face if you keep trying to come in my business and get me to go back to what I used to be addicted to or get me to go back to where I used to be living my life or get me to go back to the situation that I used to find myself in because pivoting, listen, you got to understand, you have the power of the pivot. You have the power of the pivot. When you get in a situation, come on, you're not the victim. You have the power of the pivot. And I want to read this to you. This is, this is the, the, the scripture. It's 11 verses, but this is the temptation of Jesus. And I want to show you just in a couple of places what this looks like and what you need to access in your life and the authority that you even have. This is Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Pivot. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Pivot. I find this interesting because the enemy is quoting verses to Jesus. He's saying, you know, if you are, then this is what the scriptures say. This will actually happen, and this won't happen to you. And, this, and, and, and I love that Jesus, in this moment, I think that Jesus responded. He says, the scriptures also say, in other words, he said, why don't we get the whole con? Why don't you quit trying to pull one scripture out and base your entire life off of one scripture and actually get the whole context of what's going on? And Jesus said, you're trying to quote that, but it also says this. And so we can't leave this out. For the sake of that, because you like that one. And Jesus says, pivot. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, (laughs) elbow to the face. Come on, somebody. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. See, every time the devil came at Jesus with something, Jesus quickly responded, reminding him who the real authority was. If you could get this, a hold of this in your life and understand that you have the authority. And Jesus, every time the enemy came to him and started quoting something and throwing something, if you are the Son of God, then do this. And because this, you know, won't, won't you be protected? Won't can't you turn this into bread? Well, you seem kind of hungry. Can't you just do this? And the and the enemy kept coming at him, and Jesus was like, "You're coming at me, but let me quote the scripture back to you because I have the real authority. I have the real authority. Listen, you have." The authority. Pivoting is a posture 
of authority. In your spiritual life, as you walk through in your Christian life, you need to learn how to pivot. When you feel trapped in a situation, you need to pivot. When the enemy throws something at you, you can pivot. Come on, you don't have to stand there, two feet planted on the ground. Woe is me. I'm overtaken by all this. Uh, No, I can pivot. I can pivot because I have the authority over the enemy. The enemy is going to try to trap you and tempt you and discourage you and frustrate you and get you to give up. But you have to take your position of authority. Luke 10, verses 17 through 19 says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Jesus has sent them out, and they come back, and they're like, woo Like, even the demons obeyed us. When we said Jesus, they were like, woo We ain't got nothing on Jesus. Like, we, we had authority. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Come on, we just sang about that this morning. He says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Jesus says, they come back and they're amazed. Like, when we use your name, even the demons just ran away. Like, like it, was, it was awesome. And Jesus says, yeah, I have given you the authority over all the power. Somebody say, all the power. All the power of the enemy you're not a victim you have authority you haven't lost you have authority you have you don't have to give in or give up because you have authority you just need to use the power of the pivot you need to take the posture of the authority that you've been given and so point number one is that pivoting is a posture of authority here's point number two pivoting changes your perspective and your vision i'm gonna preach this for just a moment whenever you pivot It changes your perspective and it changes your vision. Because when I get in a trap, right, in basketball they teach you don't ever go into the trap. Some of us need that in our lives. Don't ever go into the trap. (laughs) Don't ever go up the sideline into the corner. Don't ever go, don't ever go to, to half court and pick up your dribble. Come on, somebody. Like you, you need to, you, need, you have the power of the pivot. But here's what's interesting about the pivot. If there were two people that were guarding me, if I pivot, now I have a new perspective and I can see something that I couldn't see before. If I pivot this way, now I no longer see the two defenders that are trying to steal this ball from me. Now I can see all of the people and all of the players that are open on my team, and I have options. I have a way out. I have a way to be successful. I have a different perspective. I can see differently than if I just get in the trap and bury my head. Come on, you ever seen somebody playing basketball, and they just get in the trap, and they just... (laughs) Let me tell you what position you don't want to be in in basketball. (laughs) That's not a good position to be in. And you get trapped and you get worried and you get discouraged and you want to give up. And Come on, you have the power. You just need a new perspective. You just need need new vision. Maybe, Maybe 
you're staring something in the face and the enemy's got you trapped in the situation and you feel like giving up and you're discouraged and you feel like you've lost hope and you feel like you're just helpless in this, in this season or in this moment or whatever it is or you've got something going on in your body and you've just kind of been in this, come on, I would submit to you today that you have the power of the pivot and you don't have to stay in this place. Some of y'all are worried that I'm gonna throw this ball, I keep doing this right here and I keep wondering if I'm gonna lose it myself. But you have the power of the pivot. I can pivot and see something different. And here's what I think God is calling some of us to do today, is to just pivot. You've been staring something in the face and God says, will you just pivot? Will you just turn around? Will you allow me to give you a different perspective? Will you allow me to give you fresh vision for your life and for your family? Will you allow me to show you something that I'm trying to teach you in that? If you'll just pivot and take your posture of authority and allow me to give you a new perspective and a new vision, you'll see things differently. You'll see where I'm coming from. You'll see maybe what I'm doing in your life. You'll see what it is that I want you to learn in this season or in this situation. When I pivot, it allows me to see the players on my team that I previously couldn't see. It changes my viewpoint. It changes my perspective. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul writes, and he says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Woo, is anybody thankful today that God is faithful? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out that you can endure. In other words, he's going to give you a new, you feel tempted, you feel trapped, you feel in a situation, there's, there's a way out. God is not, it's, it's not anything that anybody else hasn't dealt with, and there is a way that you can endure it. There is a way that you can get out of it. Some of us just need to pivot. We just need to get a different perspective. We just need to turn our back on that thing so that we can see what it is that God has opened up for us when we feel tempted and we feel trapped. You're not trapped. You just need to pivot. 2 Kings 6, 14 through 17. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? Come on, some of us have been in a what will we do now season. And we got up and we saw the horses and the chariots and all of the armies of the enemy surrounding us. And we're in a, what am I going to do now? God, where are you at right now? And it goes on, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. He just needed a new perspective. Elisha said, oh, will you open his eyes to see that there are more that are for us than those that are against us? And it might look like, come on, it sounds like a song, doesn't it? It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
It might look like I'm surrounded. Woo, what are we going to do now? It might look like I'm surrounded. But this is my prayer for us today is that, Lord, open their eyes. Let them take their posture of authority and let me give them a new perspective and a new vision. They just need to pivot. They just need to turn and see that I am all around them and greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Come on, there are more that are for you than are against you you just need a new perspective I thought losing my job would take me out but I just needed to pivot to be able to see what that God is always faithful I thought my marriage was over but I just needed to pivot to see that there's still hope I thought that my child would never come back to Jesus but I just needed to pivot to see that all things are possible with God I thought the disease would kill me but I just needed to pivot to see that God is still a God of miracles Come on, some of us just need to pivot. We've been staring something in the face for so long. We've been looking at a situation for so long. We've been discouraged for so long. We've been in this trial for so long. And today, God is calling you to pivot and see that he's still faithful. To pivot and see that he still does miracles. To pivot and see that he never leaves you and forsakes you. To pivot and see that he can come through even if it seems like to you he's late. He's never late. He's always on time. Some of us just need a new perspective. We need a new vision. We need, to see, we need to see from a different angle. We need to see what it is that God is doing. Well, I'm going to kick this off stage. Isaiah 54, 17 says, But in that coming day no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me, I the Lord, have spoken. Come on, I felt like giving up, but I just needed to pivot to see that the weapon that has been turned against me still isn't going to prosper. Ooh, that's a word for somebody today. I just needed to pivot when I felt like giving up to be able to see that mm, the weapon that is formed against me, it's not going to prosper. It's not going to succeed. That it may be staring me in the face, but it's not going to succeed. And so if we know that pivoting is a posture of authority and it changes our perspective and our vision, then what are some pivots that we need, may need to make in our lives? And I want to go through five of these really quickly. But these are just five things. Some of them may seem more practical than others. But these are five things that I felt like the Lord told me to share. And you might find yourself in one of these. There might be one that applies to you. might be all five that apply to you. But maybe some areas in your life that you need to consider, maybe I just need to pivot. Maybe I just need to be able to see from a different perspective or take my position of authority. Here's pivot number one. Maybe some of us need to pivot away from Facebook and Instagram to the Bible app. I'm going there on point number one. <laughs> Maybe some of us, and listen, I'm not, I'm not against Facebook. I'm not against Instagram. I'm not against Snapchat. I'm not against all of these things. But here is why I felt so strongly to put this in here. There are many of us that are looking to that to fulfill us and tell us that we're okay. Tell us that we're enough. Tell us that we're a little bit better off than somebody else. There are some of us that are looking to those things to fulfill that need in us when we need to be going to the Word of God to know who we are. And instead of comparing ourselves to other people, we need to say, whew, how am I lining up with what God's standard is? 
How am I lining up with what God has called me to do? How am I lining up with what God's word says? How am I, how am I responding? How am I feeling in this moment? Am I feeling like I am all that God says that I am? Do I know all that God says that I am? And some of us, I think we need to, to pivot away from social media and pivot away from some of the news. And we need to put our, our attention on God's word a little bit more. We need to be reminded of what the actual truth is and not just everyone else's opinions about everything. Woo! We need to know what God's word is more than we know everybody else's opinion about everything. I had somebody, I had somebody ask me this question one time. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts and audio books and things like that. Really a lot of podcasts. And uh, this question was asked that has stuck with me ever since. It says, do you, do you hear, do you understand, do you recognize the voice of God more than you do the voice of somebody else that you listen to? And so it's good to learn and it's good to grow and it's good to listen and it's good to read. But we've always got to make sure that we know what the actual truth is. We've always got to make sure that we're going back to God's word above all else, that if I don't hear anybody else's voice, I'm going to hear God's voice on the matter. Amen? And so that's a pivot that maybe some of us need to make. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is why some of us don't like God's word. Is because it does this for real. You can't read God's word, like you don't read God's word and change, like you, God's word reads you. And then you start thinking, I have not been living that way. <laughs> My motives have been all wrong. I have been seeing this from the wrong point of view, right? Because it, it separates, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Well, I don't feel prepared. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I can handle it. God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Work. Some of us need to pivot away from whatever that is and, and get into God's word more. Or maybe we need to get into God's word, period. It's important. It's important. Pivot number two, maybe we need to pivot away from laziness to intentionality. Pivot away from laziness to intentionality. Here are a few verses about laziness uh, if you, it's interesting if you read through the Bible and if you do a study on this, that there are quite a few verses that talk about being lazy, right? You know, you think like, well, it's not a good characteristic. I shouldn't be lazy. No, it's actually in the word of God. Like what happens if you take up this character of being lazy? I'm not talking about you had a day of rest. I'm talking about you live lazy, okay? Don't walk out here and be like, well, I just need to work all the time. Can't be lazy, can't be lazy, can't be lazy. No, like there's also a day of rest, but this is a lifestyle of laziness, and this is what Proverbs 10, 4, and 5 says. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Come on, you didn't think you could learn something from ants, but it's in the Bible. 
Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Nobody has to make them do it. They just do it. It's a part of who they are. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. I walked by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles, it was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. Then I looked and I thought about it. I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit, and scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. And I love that he says, I walked past the house or the field of a lazy person, and here's what I find, found. There were, uh, there were things overgrown everywhere. Their life, you ever, you ever recognize this in somebody else or maybe recognize this in yourself whenever you've been living this way, that there are things that are overgrown in my life, there are fences, that, there are guardrails that are broken down right now in my life because I have not been intentional. I have been being lazy. I've been being lazy in my relationship with God. I've been, been being lazy and spending time in his word. I've been being lazy in all of these ways. And then here are a few verses about uh, being intentional. Colossians 3.17, I like this one. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In whatever you do and say, do it as if you are representing Jesus. When you go to work on Monday, do it as if you are representing Jesus. When you spend time with your family, do it as if you are representing Jesus. When you're driving down the road, somebody cuts you off in traffic, respond as if you are representing Jesus. Jesus, why? Because in whatever you do and say, not in church, wherever you are, do it as if you are representing Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. Matthew 6.33, come on, we know this verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. It doesn't get much more intentional than that. That above all else in your life, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these other things will be added as well. We need to make the pivot from all forms of laziness to being intentional in our relationship with God and our actions. I want to bring the worship team back. Here's pivot number three. Pivot away from temptation to intimacy with God pivot away from temptation to intimacy with God. We've talked a little bit about this already, but 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. 2 Timothy 2, 22, run away from Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. 
James 4, 7 and 8. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Come on, some of us, we need to pivot away from temptation into intimacy with God. And I love James chapter 4 because it basically says that exact thing. It says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Stiff arm the devil and he will flee from you. Take a stance of battle against the devil, and he will flee from you. And then it doesn't stop there, and it says, and draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. Pivot away from what the enemy's trying to do, and pivot toward a closer, more intimate relationship with God. Here's pivot number four. Let's pivot away from worry to prayer. Pivot away from worry to prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I could say it this way. Maybe it'll stick with you. That worry magnifies your problem or your situation. Prayer magnifies God. And some of us, we have, we, we're so worried about things all the time. Come on, I'm, I've been there. This is a battle for many of us. It's going to be a daily one. That we have to pivot away from worry and pivot toward prayer. I'm not going to worry about this. Instead, I'm going to pray about this. I'm not going to be anxious about this. Instead, I'm going to take this to God. I'm not going to worry about this situation. I'm going to pray about this situation. I'm not going to worry about that person. I'm going to pray about that person. I'm not going to worry about our government. I'm going to pray for our government. Come on, worry does not add anything to your life, but prayer changes things because we're praying to the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that nothing is impossible with him we got to pivot away from worry and toward prayer and then the peace and then the peace some of us are praying for peace and what we need to do is pivot away from worry be more intentional about praying about everything and then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. When? When you pivot away from worry, you pray about everything. When you worry about nothing, and you pray about everything, then the peace of God can guard your mind. The peace of God comes in, and it transforms you. Worry magnifies your problem. Prayer magnifies God. And here's the last one, pivot number five, and then we'll be done. Simply that we need to pivot away from sin to Jesus pivot away from sin to Jesus. And you would think, well, he's talking to unbelievers. No, I'm talking to everybody. That we need to pivot away from sin to Jesus. Away from sin to Jesus. Let me read you a few verses in Romans chapter six, starting in verse 15. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, 
but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Listen, you're not called to be a slave to sin. You're called to be a servant of Jesus, which leads to right living. You're not called to be a slave to sin. I'm talking to you, person who's been a Christian for 33 years. You're not called to be a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. Now you're a, if we could put it this way, slave to God. I'm no longer, listen, he says, you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey. You know what I find interesting about that? Is that you choose. You get to choose, we could say it this way, you're going to be a slave to something. You and I are going to be a slave to something. But thank God he gave us the opportunity to choose. You get to choose. Do I want to be a slave to that? Or do I want to be slave to Jesus Christ? I get to choose what I'm a slave to. And here's the great news. Today, if you've been a slave to the wrong thing, you know what you need to do? Pivot. You know what repentance means? It's to turn and go the other way. And for some of us, we've been a slave to the wrong thing and we've been choosing to be a slave to money. We've been choosing to be a slave to that addiction. We've been choosing to be a slave to that person. We've been choosing to be a slave to worry. We've been choosing to be a slave to anxiety. We've been choosing to be a slave to all of these things. We could go through the list. And today God's saying, will you pivot? Will you pivot? Because you get to choose. And you need to see differently. You need a new perspective. You need to take up your authority. You need to pivot away from sin and choose to be a servant of Jesus Christ because it leads to right living. When you are seeking after God every day, it leads to right living. You get to choose. Will you stand to your feet today? I believe that there could even be something right now that the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you. that we didn't even talk about today. But you know right now, this is the pivot that I need to make. So I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads and just ask the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to do? Is there any area of my life where I need to, I need to, I need to pivot? I need to pivot away from this and to this. I need to pivot away from that and to Jesus. I need to pivot away from sin and to intimacy with God. I need to pivot in that area. What is it today that you're speaking to me? Lord, I just thank you. I thank you so much that we can choose you today. That we don't have to be a slave to social media and we don't have to be a slave to the news and we don't have to be a slave to worry and we don't have to be a slave to anxiety and we don't have to be a slave to depression and we don't have to be a slave to that disease or that sickness, but today we can choose you. We get to choose. We get to choose. So Holy Spirit, right now in this moment and as we sing this last song, I just pray that you would... Oh, that you would move on our hearts today. That you would show us what it is that we need to do with what we've heard, what it is that you're speaking to us specifically. Oh God, we thank you.
you. If the prayer team is here, you can come down. And Lord, right now, I just ask as we sing this song that you would draw every person, Holy Spirit, draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life. In Jesus' name.